from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for September the 18th, 2011. Hi, I'm Robert VK3DN. And I'm Brian VK3SXR. Hello, listeners. Hello, Robert. Hello, listeners. And hello, Brian. How are you? Well, thank you. Now, I know you have been quite busy this week. Yes, been doing one or two odd things, perhaps, or ten. Yeah, odd things. I think you guys are very, very busy with the uh, ARDF uh, Region 3 Championships. Is that correct? That's right. This is Robert, VK3DN, I'm here with the organising committee for the 8th International IARU Region 3 ARDF event that's being held in Malden next weekend. Start with, I've got uh, Bruce, VK3TJN. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Robert. Now, this ARDF event, it's turning out to be bigger than Ben-Hur. How many people have we got uh, coming to the event? We have about 120, 130 people coming to the event. Uh, of that, uh, 99 are competitors. And these are international people. So what uh, countries are we expecting to see people arriving from to participate? We have big contingents from Japan and China, Korea, a small team, Mongolia is sending a small team, as is Malaysia. Uh, we also uh, are expecting uh, three people from the U.S., so the 130 people are going to be what tearing around the back blocks of Molden looking for hidden transmitters in the bush? Well, yeah, well, I believe one event is fairly close to Molden and one's a little bit further afield. But yes, they'll be uh, tearing around on foot and trying to uh, get the best score they can from their country. So, uh, Bruce, when do people arrive for this event and what's the program? Almost all the competitors, except for some of the Australians, are arriving on the Friday before the weekend. That's Friday week from now. And they will be arriving by plane and we get more up to Malden uh, by Friday night. On Saturday we have a model event, which is an event where they can make sure that their radio receivers are working properly and uh, get familiar with the equipment which we're using and uh, also the maps. On Saturday afternoon we have a combination street orienteering and Foxall or radio event which has been held in the Malden Township. Then we have the opening ceremony on Saturday afternoon. This is prior to a competition day on Sunday which is the first of the two major competitions. Right, so on Sunday is the actual competition event itself, the first one of two, I believe. That's right, yes. This one will be held on the 2-metre VHF band. The second competition is an HF competition on 80 metres, which will be held on the Tuesday. On the Monday, we take them out for a tour day around uh, local attractions. Thanks, Bruce, for talking to us on WI National News this morning. OK, I'm here with Adam Scammell. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, now, as part of the ARDF planning team, what's your role? Uh, we've generated a, a new street orienteering map. It's going to be used for this, the uh, combo event. Now, the combo event's on the Saturday. That's the day after everybody arrives. Yeah, that's correct. I guess it'll be a bit of a social event and a bit of a stretch of the legs after the long trips. All right. Well, thanks, Adam, for your work in uh, the preparation. And I have with me now, this morning, Diane Shoulders, VK3FVXN. Good morning. Good morning, Robert. How are you today? Fantastic. Now you're in charge of the volunteers. Obviously an event like this where we've got 120 odd people coming from overseas is going to require a little bit of event planning and assistance from volunteers. How are we going with the volunteers? 
Really nicely. Thank you. Lots of people have come to the fore and are helping us out. Many of them are from an orienteering background and others are from the local uh, radio clubs locally here in Melbourne and also from Bendigo and various other places in Victoria. We even have a few who are coming from South Australia to help us out. How many people? Uh, At this point in time, I think we have about 44, 45 volunteers on our list. Well, the amateur community really steps up and helps out for these things. Other things you're involved with, things like medals? Yes, we have a lovely logo which has been designed for us, which is going on to the medals, and I'm sure everybody will be really thrilled when they see that. And one of your other tasks is working with Adam in the warm-up event. Um, yes, Adam has been doing the mapping and Bruce and I have also helped him with the field work for the map and I'll be setting the course which is a combination two metre foxhaw and street orienteering event around the environs of very picturesque central Victorian Malden. So the local folk in Malden are going to be uh, seeing our 120 people racing through the streets uh, looking for hidden transmitters. Absolutely. So they'll all be running around with their two-metre beams and um, people will be asking them all sorts of strange questions. Well, thank you, Diane, for uh, speaking with us this morning and for your help with the event. Great, Robert, and I'm sure we'll all have a great weekend. Now I've got Jack VK3WW, the WIA ARDF National Coordinator. Good morning, Jack. Yes, good morning, Robert, and uh, thank you for uh, having me on. In your role, you've been liaising with all of the international competitors as they're planning their trips to Australia. Uh, That sounds like a pretty big job, Jack. In a sense it is. It's very frustrating sometimes. I suppose the uh, language difficulties there, you could all imagine that. We've got, or Bruce mentioned, the teams, where they're all coming from. Some of the uh, teams have got some interesting requests too. And uh, our event this year is just a bit of an example. We're in a a very small country town in Victoria. Uh, One of the teams asking if there's a restaurant in the town that will serve their national food. Uh, if they can change uh, their national currency in the bank in the town, which it doesn't have a bank, and can they buy their national food in the town. So just little questions like that which we've had to handle and uh, try and work out the best way we can. A lot of the teams that are coming are coming in and leaving straight away. Some are staying a bit longer as well. Must be a lot of enthusiasm and excitement uh, from those people travelling all the way Now, Jack, one of your other roles is overseeing the production of the video uh, footage of the event. Yeah, it's um, as a lot of you may know, that uh, one of my other pastimes is video editing and taking video. And I will be organising a lot of people with cameras at the event. There'll be also helmet cameras on a few of the competitors running through the forest. So that should be interesting to see what comes out of that. And after the event, there will be a DVD created. And that will be uh, available for um, competitors, or anyone actually, if anyone's interested in seeing what this ARDF event is all about. Yeah, but if you'd like some more information about the event, I suggest you uh, read the text edition of the news and you'll have the, uh, all the information, the URL and uh, other information will be in the text edition. It's going to be a very exciting and very busy weekend for everyone involved. All right, thank you. Thank you, Robert, and uh, thank you, listeners. So there you go, Brian. We've been uh, pretty busy organising for this uh, upcoming event. Yeah, sounds like an excellent event. And uh, it was only recently that I understood the difference between ARDF, which is running around and uh, uh, doing the orienteering, versus fox hunting, which is car-related in, in teams and groups and things. And not the only thing on uh, coming up, but we've got the WIA National Field Day. And uh, here is uh, Philip, VK3JNI, with a piece about that. WIA National Field Day update. The WIA National Field Day has been run twice within the last... 12 months 
with a steady increase in the numbers taking part, as indicated by the logs, photos and other responses received. Certificates of appreciation have been distributed to the participating clubs and individuals for both the 2010 and 2011 events. If you believe your certificate has not been received, please contact the WIA office. The objective of the WIA National Field Day is to positively place the hobby of amateur radio in front of the general public to provide the various clubs with an opportunity to promote their activities and increase the awareness of amateur radio training opportunities either via the local clubs or the amateur radio fraternity as a whole. The proposed date for the next WIA National Field Day is the weekend of the 14th and 15th of April 2012. You will note the two days have been nominated. This is to support the clubs who have indicated that either the Saturday or Sunday may better suit their local community. This is not suggesting the clubs would need to operate their displays over two days unless they wanted to. The event will continue to be coordinated and managed by a small committee. Nominations are now open for interested parties to express their interest in joining this committee. Please forward your expression of interest via your State WIA Advisory Committee members prior to the 28th of October 2011. Former committee members are welcome to nominate if they wish to continue in this role. This has been Philip VK3JNI for the WIA broadcast. Thank you. Well, WIA National Field Day last year for us, at least the group I was involved with, we uh, kicked off at the J-Car Electronics Shop in uh, Springvale, Melbourne, and uh, we found that a, a really worthwhile time and uh, picked up with a foundation course only a couple of weeks afterwards and uh, had a few new voices on the air as a result of all of that. I'm a big supporter of the National Field Day. It's uh, a great initiative. And I think it's um, so successful when you pick a, uh, a focus group um, to bring amateur radio to and uh, J-Car and electronics and scouts and we've got something about the scouts coming up a bit later with a great checklist for any activation for anyone who'd like to promote the hobby. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Now for a look at October's Amateur Radio magazine. It features the record-setting International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend with detailed and pictorial reports from around Australia. Bob Bristow, VK6POP, reminds us that the jamboree on the air is fast approaching. The technical adults include how to make double-sided PCBs, the Murray Lang VK6LH way, an autocoupler repair from Warren Sterling VK3XSW, and part two on the software-defined radio by Peter Parker, VK3YE. The spotlight on SWLing from Robin Harwood, VK7RH, notes that changes following spring and the Gaddafi affair. There's news from VK2, VK3, VK5, VK6 and VK7, plus an update on the Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary. All to be found with the regular columns of AMSAT, DX News, VHF, UHF Interest, Contests and Alara. Amateur Radio Magazine is a membership service and available at selected newsagents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1WIA. AR Magazine, I reckon it's improved out of sight, Brian, especially since the new designer has uh, taken over the look and feel of the magazine. 
Okay, across to Hams Across Australia. Brian, you've got the first one. I do. VK1 CRARC Foundation Course, another success. The CRARC Education Officer writes that last weekend's foundation course saw six successful foundation candidates, with one also passing his standard level theory and regulations papers on the same day. Alan wishes to thank the team of Glenn, Gil, Steve, John, Wayne and Stan for their help in running the course and continues to say that due to demand, they're running Foundation Weekends in July, August, September and another again in November. Keep an eye on the VK1 email news and VK1 reflector for the revised date and contact education at crarc.ampr.org.au for all first-time and upgrade inquiries and bookings. And in VK2, news from the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club. The Oxy Region Amateur Radio Club is celebrating its 40th birthday with an anniversary lunch at the Port Macquarie Golf Club. That's at 12 noon on Sunday the 2nd of October 2011. Visitors and their families are welcome. All amateur radio operators who attend will receive an attractive commemorative certificate. For more information and details, please visit the club's website. That's www.orarc.org or contact the president, Harry Lundell, VK2ZHE on his mobile phone and that number is 0427 947 921. Now VK3 and the digital ATV event of the year. While perhaps not garnering the national media's attention like Scott and Charlene on Neighbours decades ago, we congratulate Matt VK3 EVL and Emily VK3 FEGL who shared their special day with ATV viewers via VK3RTV and the BATC.TV website on Saturday, September 17th. We wish them luck with exploring new operating modes and dealing with QR Man and QR Woman in their ongoing QSO together, with our hope they enjoy a few harmonics. Yes, congratulations to Bat and Emily. The big weekend in November, in support of the Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary, so far five stations are going portable as part of the special activity Extended Weekend, focused on the Keith Rogert Memorial National Parks Award. With a Victorian National Park or two nearby to most, it's expected more will register for the weekend of November the 18th through the 20th. To register your interest, first check out the awards section of the website www.amateurradio.com.au and then contact the awards manager, Tony Hambling, VK3VTH, his email vk3vth at amateurradio.com.au. And another event keeping Tony busy, the special callsign rostering. The roster has begun for the special callsign VK100ARV during November to mark the 100th birthday of Amateur Radio Victoria. Work continues on its QSL card design and the Amateur Radio Victoria Centenary Award. Valid contacts with either VK3 Whiskey India during next month's Oceania DX phone contest on the 1st and 2nd of October or VK100 ARV when on air are worth 10 points towards the award. Inquiries about the roster need to be made to Tony Handling, VK3VTH at amateurradio.com.au. And news from the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group. Club activities are increasing at Ballarat now spring is in the air. On the education front, we have two new ham calls. Uh, Darren, VK3FAOE, is very excited about being on the air with his. And Phil, a Club Life member, who has regained his call sign after a period away from amateur radio. His call is VK3AQM. We all should uh, wish them well in their endeavours. 
Also nearly upon us at, the, at Barg is the annual Hamvention to be held on Sunday, October 23. Doors open at 10am. This year we are situated at the same location, being the Greyhound Racing Track, Rubicon Street, Redan. This is a wonderful spot with off-street parking for hundreds of cars. We have the usual quality list of new and used sellers attending on the day. Tables can be booked for $15, door entry is $6. Further details of this leading Victorian hamvention can be found on the BARG website. Sure to be a great day. Come along for a rag chew with all your friends. 73s, this has been Bob, VK3NBV, for the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group. Thank you, Bob. And now to another Bob, VK6POP, with details on events in VK6. The Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting, usually referred to as Chogham, happens in Perth in the last week of October. The Queen will attend the meeting. To mark this occasion, there are many community events planned for the week. Amateur radio in Western Australia will also mark this occasion in two ways. Firstly, with the support of the Wireless Institute of Australia, the ACMA has granted all Western Australian amateurs the right to use the Victor India prefix in their call signs on the 28th, 29th and 30th of October. This should create interest in DX circles over those three days. The Scout member amateur radio team in Perth has obtained the call sign Victor India 6 Charlie Hotel Oscar Golf Mike, that's VI6 Choggam, and will operate a station continuously for the three-day period of Choggam. There has already been considerable interest around the country, and indeed the world, in this call sign. VI6 Choggam will operate from the Peter Hughes Scout Communications Centre in East Cannington, just 20 minutes from the Perth CBD. A special QSL card has been designed. Please note that all outbound QSL cards will be sent via the Bureau unless you mail directly with a stamped addressed envelope and IRC and your card is received before the November the 14th. We'll be encouraging scouts to operate the station. However, there is a general invitation to all amateurs to participate either directly as operators or as observers. Our website is wwwvi 6 Charlie Hotel, Oscar Golf Mike.com. I'm Bob VK6POP. And staying in VK6, the Western Australian VHF Group Spring Scramble. The Western Australian VHF Group Spring Scramble is happening on Sunday, the 16th of October 2011, between 10:30 a.m. 12:30 p.m. local time. That's 02:30 Zulu. The object is to contact as many different stations as possible on or as many bands, 50 MHz and above. All license modes may be used and extra points can be earned for working portable and country stations. Rules will be published shortly, but in the meantime, put out the date in your diary and dust off your transceivers, your transverters and your antennas and even consider going portable in the field. International news with thanks to the RSGB, Southgate AR Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. To South Sudan, go on air or lose your licence. 
Idle radio and television licensees that are not on air risk their licences being withdrawn. The Honourable Dr Barnoba Mariel Benjamin, South Sudan Minister for Information and Broadcasting, has warned. These licences are issued for you to operate, and if you are only carrying them in your briefcases to show that you have a broadcasting station, there is no reason why we should not withdraw them, said Dr Mariel. He explained that there are so many media houses knocking at the ministry's doors for licences and they can't get some of the frequencies because they have been taken by companies which are non-functional. The minister issued this warning yesterday during a meeting at the ministry headquarters while addressing operational issues with the top ministry officers. Dr Mariel asked the Director of Public Information in the ministry, Paul Jacokumbo, to write to the managers of all of these stations to explain why they remain idle. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. And back in VK, the special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2011, October 15th and October 16th, Scouts and Guides Jamboree using amateur radio, Jota and Jyoti on the internet. October 22nd, WIA's Jack Files contest. November 26 and 27, the WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. And off to 2012. In January, the VK Rosshall Memorial VHF UHF contest. Don't forget next year's John Moyle Memorial Field Day in March 17th and 18th. On the June long weekend in VK4, it's the VK Shires contest. And July full first weekend is the NZART Memorial contest. Special event stations, DX, Beacon and Net Advice. ODXG INC de-expedition to Vanuatu. As many of you already know, ODGX is off to Vanuatu again. The dates for the operation are the 30th of September through the 12th of October. Of special note will be the focus on the Wark Bands and Ritti. Also, the de-expedition has authorisation to operate on 60 metres. The team will also be participating in the Oceana DX contest. For more information, please visit the D-Expedition website. That's yj0vk at odxg.org. And as always, any small donation towards the cost offsetting of freight charges would be appreciated. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Stanford University researchers announce sunspot breakthrough. Imagine forecasting a hurricane in Miami weeks before the storm was even a swirl of clouds off the coast of Africa, or predicting a tornado in Kansas from a flutter of a butterfly's wings in Texas. These are the kind of forecasts meteorologists can only dream about. Can the dream come true? Well, a new study at Stanford University researchers suggest that such forecasts one day may in fact be possible, not on Earth, but on the sun. In the August 19 issue of Science, Stratus Ilonides, together with co-workers Genui Zayo and Alexander Kochovskiv, announced that they can see some sunspots while they are still submerged before they are visible to the naked eye. This could lead to significant advances in space weather forecasting, Illinois said. You can read more in the URL provided in the text edition of this news broadcast. Amateur balloonist hits record 40,575 metres while participating in the U-Cube 1 satellite project with the University of Bath. Australian PhD student Mark Jessup hit the 40,575 metre mark with a helium-filled meteorological balloon. 
It's a UK record and pretty close to the all-time international amateur altitude maximum. Transmitting details back via his mini-nut telemetry system, the 142-gram payload was sent up with the intention of testing the system's pressure sensor at high altitudes and the record height was an unexpected bonus. Mark is intending to be back in Australia in time for a Project Horus launch in conjunction with this year's Scouts Jamboree of the Air, raising a ham radio repeater to an altitude of 30 kilometres, facilitating contacts all around the country. A video map tracking the balloon's travel and additional photos of those involved and the equipment are available online at rfhead.net and the story on the register. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the ham's domain. Ten years is a long time online. In thinking about the decade since September the 11th, 2001, technology journalist Harry McCracken writes how he was struck by how much the world of personal technology has changed. It all happened little by little, but a remarkable percentage of the things we care about today didn't exist yet. In October 2001, we first met 3G Wireless, the iPod and Windows XP, with the very first Xbox released a month later. Skype and the iTunes Music Store appeared in 2003. Firefox and Gmail, well, that appeared in 2004, and Google Maps, not until 2005. With the practically unattainable Nintendo, we made it to the market just for Christmas 2006. And the first iPhone, well, that was a year later. Does anybody remember a time before Angry Birds? Well, apparently that was pre 2009. And you'll find the full article at technologizer.com. The URL's in the text edition of this news service with a list of then and now websites, web browser stats and consumer electronics. But in the ham radio world, here are a few things that put the last decade in perspective. 2001 saw the first transatlantic 136 kHz transmission. World Radio Conference 2003 Well, that eliminate the Morse code requirement. BPL seems to have come and gone. Amateurs responded to Hurricane Katrina, the Boxing Day tsunami, and Echolink, well, that was invented. And the ever-popular ICOM 706 Mark IIG has come and gone. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting, and we've got an article here from Bob, VK6POP, about Joda. Jamboree on the air. Only one month to go. It's not time to panic yet, but it is time to make sure you've got everything right. The key to a good Jota weekend is to remember that it's not about amateur radio. It's about scouts communicating with each other. And amateur radio, as the original medium for this activity, needs to be presented in a way that the young people will find interesting, relevant and fun. As with any good activity, there's some preparation that needs to be done. It's time now for the site inspection. Have a look around for high points for stringing up antennas, determining which type of antenna will best suit the site. Do you need a mast or a tower? Suggest to the scout or guide leaders that it would be really nice to have a mast 10 metres high for an antenna. They could get the youth members to practice their scouting skills by erecting a mast using poles and ropes. Find out where the power points are in the building. What are you sharing the power points with? Is there an opening for coaxial cable entries? What will the ambient noise be like? People need to be able to hear what's happening on the radio. Propagation. Check the conditions early to give you an idea of what time of the day or night to look for DX. 
One method is to set up a computer and radio monitoring slow-scan TV over a period of time to provide a record of where the signals are coming from, or just watch the DX clusters. And with regard to your station setup, you'll have a few people hanging around listening, so are you going to feed the audio through an extension speaker so that everyone can hear it, or maybe use some sort of a breakout box to plug in a few sets of headphones? Give that some thought beforehand. And remember that you need to take a break, so the best way to make sure you get a break is to recruit some other amateurs, rope them in, to give you a hand. Thanks again, Bob. And if you're operating Jota, Jyoti and VK3, then please feel free to use the contact SRESU page to further inquire about Jota, Jyoti. It's certainly a useful checklist and to keep it on hand for those participating in the Jota activities and mark the weekend of the 15th and 16th of October on the calendar. And now it's time for the social scene. Take it away, Brian. 2011, September 16th to the 18th, that's this weekend, VK4 North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention in Townsville. September 23rd to the 28th is the Region 3 ARDF Championship in Bendigo that we've heard about. September 30th to October 2nd, VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club AGM at Camp Fairbairn. October 23rd, VK3 Hamvention Weekend in Ballarat. November 20th, VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hamfest, Rosa Street Goodwood, as always. And here's the final final from us. Hamfest India 2011, reminder to book your railway tickets in advance. JC, VU3, BWB writes on their Yahoo group, those who wish to travel to Koshi by train for Hamfest 2011, please book your tickets in advance as the event coincides with Saralamba pilgrimage season. Advance reservation now open until 11th of December 2011. There are only few trains to Koshi on these dates, but special trains may be scheduled later for the pilgrimage. Now, perhaps not unusual in a country with so many reliant on train travel, but an eye-opener for most of us in VK who can commute to as many as four Hamfests in a year within comfortable driving distance. But it's excellent to see that the Indian train schedulers are adding extra capacity for the VU hams. And if they're anything like us VKers, I'd suggest they add a few freight trailers for the return journey. Well, we've come to the end of the news and we want to thank Graham for again letting us have a go. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, listeners, for listening and uh, feedback to our call signs at wia.org.au. You've been listening to VK1 WIA, the WIA National News Service. And we wish you all the very best. And as Graham always says, we've reported, you decide.